it's a hand labeled CDR that has the original Sonic the Hedgehog on it, but all is not what it seems. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week we are heading back to that Wikipedia list of urban legends and we are blazing our way through the seas. I got some terrible ones. One of mine is a real bummer. I a actually, bummer? Yeah, I had to like shorten it because I was like, I don't want to go into all this. Made you sad? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I've got some genuinely, I think these may be some of the worst topics I've ever come to the table with. So what should we start with? Bad topic I know, bad or, or sad, sad topic? Hmm. I, I'm done with bad. Okay, go for Can it. Can I start with yeah. a bad one? Yeah. Now, I don't want to give everybody the impression, right? Like nobody wants to put on a show mm -hmm. and then be like, oh, is this going to suck? <laughs> right. Like these topics are, well. We'll make it work. Or or we won't. I, I'm not going to promise true. that. Yeah. <laughs> I have no control <laughs> over what, what I may or may not say. You're right. I'm going to talk to you about cow tipping. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what? So for those of you who are not already like in the know about what we're doing, mm -hmm. uh, every episode is somebody's first. You, you never of know, course. right? So uh, we've been going through, we love urban legends. We talk about paranormal stuff, obviously, but we love urban legends specifically as well. And we had this fun idea last year sometime that Wikipedia just has a list of ostensibly every urban legend. Right. But here's the thing. A lot of them are not really urban legends. They're like, you know incorrect facts yeah people use urban legend as a catch-all just for something that's not fully proven or not fully explored or whatever and i find that kind of amusing yeah it's fine we've definitely through the course of um going through these of hit things we're like that's not an urban, it's legend. Not an urban legend but it's also interesting to see what people think is an urban legend exactly and language changes and, and for all intents maybe and purposes they do count as urban legends. maybe now people would just say like an urban legend is anything right <laughs> anything which is almost too silly to believe yeah right and is is has no definitive point of origin in all likelihood yeah that's not terrible so uh cow tipping is on the list <laughs> and what do you know about cow tipping isn't it something that like assholes do like you like get drunk and then like go like push a cow on its side and i guess cows can't get up from a side position or something, so then they die. Oh, okay, so death is part of it for you. I thought that that was often a side effect they of cow kill, tipping. They kill the cow by just tipping it over. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if they're out there being like, we're gonna go murder a cow, but I feel like somewhere in my mind I've heard that a side effect of cow tipping is that all, if not most cows, or reverse that, most if not all cows have a hard time getting up from a sideline position. Yeah. And if somebody doesn't help them, then they may die. Yeah. I'd also heard um, variations where it's like if you tip a cow over on its side, its ribs will just snap and stuff. Oh, my God. It's like barbaric, right? Yeah. Like the, the urban legend of it is the, the notion of like people with nothing better to do, mm -hmm. probably out, you know, been drinking or something. And then they see a cow and they're like, this would be funny to... Let's tip it. To tip it over and sort of just like, ha ha, we're laughing at this helpless animal, right? I really hate this. I know. The well, more that I think about it. All right, well, don't worry about it. I hated it. it on its face anyway, but now that I'm like picturing it because we're talking about it, I really hate it. But this is one of those straw it's man things too. It's actually making me too. sad. No, 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 no. Don't okay. get sad because I can already go ahead and tell you that uh, this doesn't happen. <laughs> this isn't real. It's not a thing you can do. That's... Great. Okay. This yeah. is a good news story. This is not yeah. a sad news story. The myth itself is deranged. Uh-huh. Right? That's great. But so it would take something like 
10 people to push over a cow. <laughs> cows are huge. Cows. And they're super heavy. And we're assuming that a cow doesn't reflexively, like, just move its leg a little bit to brace itself. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I guess that's why they say that it's asleep. Yeah, a cow yeah. is so dead asleep up on its feet that it can't hear what we've already said are a bunch of, like, rowdy, drunk idiots right. sneaking up to it. Yeah, it does seem unlikely. It would take a tremendous uh-huh. amount of force to tip over a cow. Uh, and it says here, that's assuming the cow is standing perfectly still and doesn't either run away or just shift its weight and widen its stance to brace itself. Not only that, cows lie down to sleep. Yeah. They're not just standing out there. Yeah, I don't know right. why I thought that too. I've seen cows Honestly, lie down. I didn't even think about the sleeping thing to be Can't totally you picture honest? them like with their legs sort of like bent in front of them yes, like a big dog? Totally. I wasn't even thinking about the sleeping thing. I guess I was thinking maybe cows are slow moving or something. So if people uh, come and just like barrel against them and chew and cud. Yeah. And they just right. like bonk them over. Then they're just like screwed. See, that's extra a reason not to be concerned because in that scenario, the cow is awake and it would almost certainly move. Yeah. Or, or moo. widen. Moo. Yeah widen its stance which then gives it like you know yeah a better base to to try like a linebacker you know yeah, what i mean true. uh so while they can sleep standing up mm-hmm. they only stand sleep very very lightly uh-huh. if they're really gonna snooze let's say that a cow is like i put in my you know eight hours if they're going to snooze, it's down on the hooves. It's down on the hooves. So if they're sleeping standing up, it's like they're like just sort of like in and out of sleep, mm-hmm. ver- sleeping very lightly. So it's really, really hard to creep up on a cow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? This is all making sense. And then here I wrote this. This is a section of my notes. It just says, rude. <laughs> First of all, this would be mean to the cow, but the cow tipping myth is also insulting to people living in rural communities. Yes, definitely. Because now, when you realize that this does not, and I mean, listen, has yeah. it ever happened? Maybe, right? Sure, but you I know, know. You're, that's totally true. Like, yeah. if this doesn't happen at all, <laughs> then this is only making fun of people who live in your cows. You have nothing to do with your time than get drunk and, and find a cow, a cow to knock over. Yeah. That's what we're saying about people. Yeah, that's tough. This is mean to people, not cows. Exactly. And this is where I was like, this is a weird straw man type of urban legend (laughs) thing going on here, right? Because like, I think you had a totally reasonable initial response where you're like, now I'm getting angry. Like, I'm angry at people for doing, and it's like, yeah, because we build up this myth mm-hmm. of like the flyover states people uh-huh. who are so dumb and right. ignorant right. that they're like, it'd be funny to watch a cow fall down. Yeah. Like this cartoon character of people, of farming communities, of the Midwest, of whatever. Of course. It's just an othering thing. It's of, just yeah, you it totally stupid is. farm rural people. You probably knock over cows and kill them. P.S. Wow. Uh, the like, like having cows is like part of an industry, so you'd be like destroying part of totally. like a living. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. the whole thing doesn't make any goddamn sense, but it gives you an emotional response instantly to be like, "This is so deranged. It's making me sad and angry." Wow, interesting. You're totally right. It's Isn't it really so weird? Just to be shitty, yeah. about people in like farming communities. Yeah. Well, don't give me too much credit. I, I was doing the same thing as you. This is from like the Wikipedia and stuff, you know? I know. Look at really, sources sources for everything on scaryfun.fun. Yes, that is our website. Uh so 
Uh, yeah, it assumes that people would be cruel to animals for fun and that they have nothing better to do. So uh, then I wrote, so why? Who do you made this up? Where does this myth Trump? come from? Yeah, it's probably that son of a bitch Trump. <laughs> Wait, no, that wouldn't be, because I, think, I was thinking... Who's we hate it? cows, don't we, people? We hate cows. Like to tip them over, watch them squirm. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized it would not be. I was thinking, who's the ultimate bad guy city person? That's why I said Trump. Right. But like, he also now wants to like, play, No, he wants too, to so, play, yeah. yeah. He might say that because he's such... He might be like... Well, it's great to see you all here in Idaho. I love cow tipping. <laughs> He's totally I wrong. went out tipping a cow last night. I was like, I don't think that's right. No. But yay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Should we be doing that? Whatever. Yeah. Um, so I wrote, why? Wikipedia calls out that sometimes cow corpses mm -hmm. will be lying with their feet sticking straight out because of rigor mortis. Oh. So a cow dies. Mm -hmm. And its legs are sticking straight out of its body, almost like a, a toy cow just yeah. lying on its side. And people may have, and this is all total conjecture and speculation, it's like, it looks like it fell over standing up. Yeah, like crumbs when he's sleeping sometimes. Yeah, like <laughs> Kristen's dog. dog. Yeah, straight like out. straight yeah. out. And so people may have been like, it looks like somebody pushed that cow over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just stayed like that, <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> Um, and, but that it does say this, and this was a weird line to be in the, the Wikipedia. This is like one of the final things on the page. Uh -huh. Here's a quote. Pranksters have sometimes pushed over artificial cows. <laughs> okay. What? It's <laughs> weird. What? I guess like outside of Stu Leonard's. Like point counterpoint? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, like having said that. Sometimes pranksters push over fake cows. Huh. Okay. All right. Make, make of that what you will, which is I, nothing. Right. That's a really funny thing to end on. So anyway, that's that's the story of uh, cow tipping, a.k.a. doesn't happen. <laughs> one of the weird ones. From yeah, the just a weird one. Like, okay. All right, whatever. That's what I, I'm telling you. Almost all of mine are like, all right. <laughs> okay. and so what? Yeah, it's funny. All right, mine that is sad, so I'm not planning to go too deep into it. I didn't write down too deep into it. I could always blurt things out, but we'll see. Um, is about Crybaby Bridge. Yeah. Okay. What do you know? What do you think you know about Crybaby Bridge? Okay. I I happen to have bizarre information about it from fairly recently. I have this included. Yeah, which I'm thrilled to see. I mean, there's not much of it, but go ahead. I know. I know. Somebody posted on the Blair Witch Reddit a deleted sequence. From the Blair Witch Project. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not a deleted sequel. I shouldn't say. It's not as if it was definitely going to be in the movie and they cut this scene. Yeah, it was but unused it's like, footage. It's part of just this, like, they were obviously filming a ton of stuff for the Blair Witch. And this one weird thing that I'd never seen before. It's like a half hour long. Yeah. It is Heather, Mike, and Josh in a car. Perhaps with a fourth person who's not really referred to. Yes. Yeah, we haven't talked about we this. Haven't, we have not yeah, discussed yeah, yeah. this amongst each other. Right. But they are going to visit Crybaby Bridge. Yeah. And it's Heather, Mike, and Josh. And she, in this footage, is being like, well, we're for in, if we're going to investigate these legends, I think that we should go out here and try to experience them. Mm -hmm. Like, you can totally imagine an alternate version of the Blair Witch Project where she's like, we're going into the woods to experience what people say about the witch, you guys. Like, this is what we wanted. 
Yeah, totally. You and know? just bouncing around from location to location yeah. in the area that might not even be connected to the witch lore. Absolutely. But like, we're here, we're investigating spooky stuff. So yeah, we should go to Crybaby Bridge. We should go to yada yada. Yeah, maybe there was an early plan for the Blair Witch Project where it was like the Blair Witch was going to be one of three stories. Right. And so they go to Crybaby Bridge and they try to listen for the sound of a crying child or something like that. Mm -hmm. Now, I was I was pretty intrigued by that. I've been like documenting and storing all this Blair Witch stuff, so I instantly downloaded that sucker and added it into my files and everything. Yep, and the link is in the show notes, by the way, if anybody wants to see this. Oh, awesome. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, hearing Heather Donahue talk about the legend of Crybaby Bridge did ping a memory mm -hmm. of either us researching this or something very similar to it. Yeah, you know what? It did not ping a memory of that for me, um, but what you're saying makes sense because on my computer at home, the link was like purple, like when you've clicked something already for Crybaby Bridge. Yeah, it sounded very, very familiar to me. So I must have visited this Wikipedia page before, but I really didn't remember it. Uh, yeah, I know. It was like a half memory for yeah. me at best. It's it's one of the occupational hazards of doing a show for six years. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Maybe we mentioned it in passing or I have no idea. I know. I didn't remember. So I thought that Crybaby Bridge was going to be a central place, like Goatman Bridge. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Whatever. But apparently crybaby bridge is a term almost like a woman in white for a phenomenon that it happens in like multiple places there are multiple bridges is that right called crybaby bridge wow yeah okay. i had no maybe idea. that's why it sounds familiar maybe we did it in different places crybaby bridge or something yeah maybe i guess so that's it's so weird it's it's a type of place not a mm -hmm. literal singular location yeah, but it's like these places all call them Crybaby Bridge. Yeah, like yeah. It's, yeah, I, I know. I was really surprised. I didn't expect that at all. So the deal is that the general story that all of these, not all of them, but that a lot of the places have in common is that the sound of a baby crying can be heard from the bridge. And it's usually at night, depending on the story, and usually accompanied by some sort of legend about a distraught mother, usually a young mother who, like, is being ostracized by the town for being a young mother, and maybe the father isn't in the picture and doesn't have a ton of resources, throwing her baby from the bridge. Yeah. And then devastated, kind of snapping to and being like, oh, what have I done? throwing herself into the water after it and then both dying. Yeah. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Mm -hmm. And so what I was saying um, that I trimmed down because it was too much of a bummer, there were multiple stories about... Oh, of real life events of this? No, not necessarily, but like different iterations of yeah. these. And it would have different sorts of details about, you know, the, the, it was just a bummer. Oh bummer my God. Rum. Yeah, I saw a headline the other day. So like a real news story mm -hmm. of something involving a, a kid. And I was just like, Every, all of it hits me different than it ever did. It's I not know. like I would, I would usually read sad stuff about kids and smile like some maniac. <laughs> no, I know. But it, having a kid, it, it, it I know it's annoying to say. I, I used to hear people say this all the time and kind of roll my eyes like, you've got a kid, so it's worse now. But now having like literally experienced it, I, I like very firmly remember being like, come on, man, get over it or mm -hmm. something. And now I'm like, oh, no. When you hear a sad story about a kid and you've got a kid in your life, and if you think about that kid, particularly in relation to these events or something, yes. it'll ruin your like day. Mm -hmm. you, it's like it like destabilizes you in that moment. It's so unbearable. It's totally true. I mean, just having Zoe in my life, it yeah. hits different reading stuff like this. Because yeah, yeah you, I can't help but think like, 
whatever I didn't want to say it. Yeah, horrible things happen to people. Yeah. It's a real thing. Right. I right. can't I cannot, you know, endure it. I don't I don't need to. No, exactly. So that's why I really trimmed down yeah. the stuff. Mm-hmm. It's kind of short. Um so but there was one that I thought would be of particular interest because as we just talked about, it folds into the story of um the Blair Witch project going to Cryberry Crybaby Bridge, and this is the story of that particular Crybaby Bridge oh, that they the, were visiting. The Blair Witch Crybaby Bridge. Yes, I got this from like the Blair Witch Wiki, but I also cross referenced it with like other stuff. So Amazing. this is the story of it. Also, now, can I can I shout out something that's super yeah. tangential? Mm-hmm. So seeing Heather Donahue and Mike and Josh go to Crybaby Bridge and just hearing them talk about something that's not the Blair Witch itself. Yeah, it was very fun. It was like seeing them be paranormal investigators, where it's like they're 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 the horizon was more broad than mm-hmm. that one topic, and I've never heard that before. Right. But it also brought to mind that when I was working on that Blair Witch game mm-hmm. with uh, Lionsgate and Huntakiller, mm-hmm. that um, I had made all of these in-game podcasts, right? Where like fictional podcast hosts were talking about real-world paranormal events and stuff, and so you could play a Blair Witch game, but learn about all this other kinds of folklore that had some ties to underlying Blair Witchy themes I had picked. Mm-hmm. But like, and then you and I did it for season two. We're yeah. in the game. Yeah, we were the podcasters in the game talking about these things. And Hunter awesome. Killer may or may not have dropped the ball and never sent those to people. <laughs> I know that's what we heard. Like, you got access. Obviously, it's a podcast. It'd be a digital thing that you get. So like. I don't even know because I didn't play the actual game, but something leads you to You're supposed something. to get like an email oh, yeah. or something that leads you to all these episodes that I worked very hard on. Yeah. And that we acted in and stuff. And Hunter Killer may have just not sent the link. Totally blown it like a bunch of dummies and just not ever yeah. sent it out. Uh, so in a weird way, we have lost footage. <laughs> yeah, we do. That's out there. Of talking about stuff like this. Right. I think one of our listeners at one point said they they had the links and they had heard it. I've got a few people. Some said that they never got them. I think mm-hmm. at some point, Hunter Killer started getting lazy or really had to cut costs and stop doing websites and stuff. Right. And so they just blew it and shelled some stuff that they could cut. So I don't think everybody heard it. I do think some people got it. So mm-hmm. technically, we're still canon in Blair Witch. Oh, we certainly are. Forever. Yeah. But that doesn't change. It doesn't, no, that, that won't change. I won't <laughs> let it change. It's yeah. my head canon is that we still live in there. Yeah. But uh, it, it did feel like Heather Donahue and stuff. Like, it felt like that podcast. I was like, this feels mm-hmm. like the show that I would later make for yeah. this franchise, like, 20 years later. Yeah, because it's yeah. people talking about, like, we're supposing that they were talking about just different varying paranormal events. Yeah. As we did on our fake pod tra- podcast, Super Neutral. Super Neutral is what is it was called. Which is a great name. Great name invented yeah. by T.T. Uh, Madden, wonderful uh-huh. writer. Oh, I didn't know that T.T. did that. That's yeah, Super Neutral was their idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a really great name. Uh, some, someday, super, you know what? People might have the super neutral magnet. Yeah. Even if they didn't hear mm-hmm. the show for whatever reason, because that was definitely included in boxes. Yes, that was included in boxes. Yes. So we if were you two have of the a hosts. super neutral magnet, magnet, that's me and Willie. We were two of the hosts of Super Neutral in the Blair Witch universe. Yeah. Someday, I think we'll take a look at the Blair Witch mm-hmm. Hunter Killer stuff. Yeah. Uh, something uh, may or may not have occurred that frees up my willingness to talk about some of this. I know. I gooped it and it wasn't... At- it's not out and about yet, which no, I was I don't, surprised I don't, by. I don't think people know what we are alluding to. I'll keep... Does it matter? Uh, we have reason to think that Hunter Killer uh, is sort of not what it used to be. <laughs> they sold, and it's yeah. not called Hunter Killer anymore. But no anything. official statement was released on that, so I'm a little... I mean, maybe they don't have to, but like, it's still a fact that it happened. Yeah, it seems like nobody's in charge. Yeah. And that, that company doesn't exist anymore. Right, so maybe we can... The just... IP is owned by someone else now, but that right. organization, that organizing body... 
Rip. Yeah, so we can't get sued by Hunt to Killer because Hunt to Killer doesn't exist. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, our NDAs are broken. We're theoretically, fine. we got to be real careful with that. I don't know if I'll ever really. No, you're right. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, but the things I could say. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, this. So this is the story of that crybaby bridge that they visited. Yeah. Now they said some stuff in the clip that we saw that I didn't find anything about. So I think they also put some mustard on it in the movie, which is completely understandable because it's fictional. Yeah, yeah. Um, the movie itself. So. While Crybaby Bridge is a place in Maryland, I think that they made up some elements. Like they okay. talked about it being um, a place where the KKK may have met or something like that. Okay. Um, that's not something I found anything about. I've definitely heard that about various kinds of places. I think the KKK has sometimes, I mean, they're literally like evil idiots. Right. But I think sometimes they're treated like a boogeyman of a place a little bit where it's like, well, we all know the KKK goes there. And it's like, are. Yeah. It might just be it might just be a rumor about a real body of people, but right. I don't know. I think that's true. I was thinking that um you know, you don't who knows, maybe it's just a function of being older now and so I'm not talking about things in the same way like you don't hear rumors like spread by word of mouth like me talking to somebody in school yeah, yeah. or whatever, but I was thinking that people did used to talk about the same way that they'll be like, oh, yeah, groups of Satanists met in this yes. abandoned place. Right. In the same breath, it would be like the KKK mm -hmm. met in this place or whatever. Yep. But it's more, um, it well, it's just different because like the Satanists that they're talking meeting places are 99.9% .9 of the time, if there are even Satanic groups meeting up, they're not doing like sacrifices and no. the things that people are implying. Yeah. Whereas the KKK is a real thing yeah. doing actual evil stuff. Yeah. So it's just different, but I do feel like for a while they were kind of equated as like two scary things. They're scary groups of people. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, I did, she mentions that in the clip that we watched that was not used for the movie, but I didn't find anything about that in real life. Um, yes. If you know of more unused Blair Witch material, send it to us. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I was so surprised. I, I did not know about that at all. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing with the real crybaby bridge, uh, or at least the one that they visited. It's in Maryland, of course, and on the line between Prince George and Anne Arundel counties. Arundel? Arundel. I know. It's spelled like Arundel, but still, Prince George. Wow. Anne Arundel. Um, Arundel is from Frozen, and little Zoe loves Frozen, Will's daughter. Yep. And it's one of the oldest bridges in the state. And the most well-known myth about this bridge kind of mirrors what I wrote about above where it's, you know, a mother and a baby and you're going to hear a baby crying because the baby has somehow ended up not on the bridge anymore and in yeah. the water. And the reason I phrase it weirdly like that is because in this, the mother doesn't throw the baby like in the other story. Um, this story is that um, the... F oh, wait, hang on a second. I was thinking of something different. Okay. It relates to a young mother and a baby in the 70s, but there's a variation on this story where the father actually murders them. Oh. Not on the bridge, but at home, and then drives to the bridge to dispose of the bodies. Ew. So this leads to a twist in the urban legend for this particular bridge in Maryland, where you might not only hear a baby cry like in all the other stories, but kind of similar to the devil's tree in New Jersey, or I'm sure a million other urban legends, you might see headlights and then a black car following you. If you travel on the bridge at night, because it's yes. supposed to be that guy's car. 
Um, but if you turn your head to look away and then look back, gone. Amazing. Gone, headlights are gone, the whole thing. I love that some of these concepts appear like in every single state. I know. I know. There there weren't a million crybaby bridges. I would yeah. say there were less than five. Oh, okay. Um, but the concept of like yeah. it is the concept of headlights and like a black of course a black, a black car, car is going to follow you because uh, anyone following you is scary but if it's a black car it's extra scary Absolutely. right like yeah I, I love that these things just get transplanted to different locations yes and they're all really the same story yeah and it's like is it convergent evolution mm -hmm. is it a bunch of different stories being told but they all get funneled into like through retellings the same kind of thing right or is it literally one person told the story at some point and everyone just went out like Johnny Appleseed. He told he told a group of five people and they all went out to their various states and told five people who went out and told five people. Right. It, it almost seems like it's primal or something. Yeah. Like we are wired to be creeped out by being followed by something. Something like a car. Like if you're in your car in the scenario, yeah. what's going to follow you that's going to scare you? Of course, if there was a person walking following yeah. you. Yeah, it's a little creepy and scary, but you're in your car, so you're in good shape. You can shape. drive away. But if there's a car following no. you, they are just as capable as you are. And yep. so they're as much of a threat, and they're just as scary. Oh, it's just dynamite. So, yeah, like, it, it's kind of a natural place to go. 100%. It's great. I, I love it. It's yeah. it's wonderful. It's got all the hallmarks of a great spooky story. Yep. And it's that cautionary tale thing, right? Probably better not to be hanging out by the train tracks in the middle yeah. of the night anyway. Yeah. So here's a story of why you shouldn't. Because this might happen. Because this might happen. Mm -hmm. It's just great. Yeah. It's perfect. A it perfect, rules. perfect little urban legend. Totally. So that's the Crybaby Bridge. Dynamite. Dynamite. Well, I'm going to talk to you about the origin of creepy pastas. Oh, great. In just a moment. Mm -hmm. uh, but before we do that, we want to make sure that our listeners, our viewers out there, that you're all aware of patreon.com slash gttu pod uh this is uh, one of our home bases yeah patreon is where we're able to get support from a bunch of amazing listeners literally hundreds of people who enjoy the show back the show we have a number of different tiers you can find one that fits you all the way from one dollar uh in our zombie tier four dollars for our ghost tier eight dollars for banshee $13 for demons. Lots of flexibility. Tons of flexibility. Find one that fits you. And for Ghost On Up, you get access to the Netherworld Dispatch. Ooh, yeah. This is, is our, our second, second podcast. Podcast. Two podcasts, mm -hmm. everybody. Yeah, it comes out every Monday. The demon tier gets those episodes, but even the lower tiers get a whole bunch the second that you sign up. Yep. Um, it's awesome. It's it's a whole other show that is more of Will and I talking trash. But not only are we talking trash. Because it's Patreon, we've got a little more freedom to do mm -hmm. a couple of weird things. Yeah. We watch a lot of clips of stuff. But we describe them completely. So even if you are just listening, it's not a problem. Most people just listen. Yep. But here on like the main feed, you can't play clips of a different thing on your show. No, you get copyright dinged. Mm, but we got a lot more freedom over on Patreon. So for the for example, our most recent episode is episode 145, which we just called Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> we simple as that we looked at mr <laughs> Aykroyd again uh but this time we heard him speak himself we listened to him talking to larry king we listened to the moment that he accused aliens of breaking the law title Imagine 18 those tones saying something like that this is the kind of thing you get yeah he's like i don't think that they're here to hurt us but i do believe they're breaking the law i'm serious title 18 1202 it just starts ramble and larry king goes how do you arrest him <laughs> 
<laughs> and then the clip ends. The clip ends. <laughs> or I just hit pause. Who knows? I think it ended. It ended? Yeah. I, uh, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. Dan Aykroyd is a fascinating individual with a lot of amazing belief in the paranormal. Yep. Uh, it's got a lot of thoughts. Oh, so many thoughts. And we tried to we tried to hear some of them, and I guarantee we're going to do it again. Oh, yeah. So that's episode 145, Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> and I've also got another review for us, Slint. Chrissy. This comes to us from Happy Dog 8. Love that. Who says, best podcast. This has easily become the podcast I look forward to the most every week. The brother-sister chemistry is so entertaining, and the subject matter aligns with my interests perfectly. My only complaint... Garrett, I know you don't like to hear negative stuff. <laughs> it's okay. My only complaint is that there's not enough. Happy dog, fee you. Uh, my weakness <laughs> is that I'm so strong. <laughs> yeah. Even with a demon tier Patreon subscription, oh, not enough. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. I'm glad to hear that. Thanks for everything you two do. Signed, Dylan. Oh, thanks, Dylan. Thank you so much. That's such a nice thing. Five stars. Thanks for taking the time. I'm glad you like the show. Thank, Thank you. you so much to Thank everybody you. who writes us reviews. It's, it's, I just keep saying the word nice. It's really, really sweet. It means a lot to us. It helps people who are kind of thinking about listening to the show, uh, maybe make the move to actually listen because they see that other people like it. Yep. And it's it's awesome. So thank you so much. And thank you so much to all of our patrons. Um, mm -hmm. You're all just really awesome. And I also want to mention when you join our Patreon on any level, you also get access to our Discord, which is kind of like a big chat room. And there are completely rad Guides the Unknown listeners hanging out in there and talking every single day about like a million topics. Absolutely. Absolutely. Get into it, everybody. We hope that you enjoy it. Patreon.com slash GTTU pod yeah all right i'm gonna talk to you about creepy pastas now Kristen. okay creepy pastas do it what do you know about creepy pastas that they're scary stories on reddit and it comes from copy paste it just sort of you know creepy pasta very good there yeah. very good yes it was coined on 4chan oh okay in 2007 by modifying the term copy pasta mm -hmm. which is a viral story that's endlessly copied and pasted yeah so it's copy pasta comes from copy and paste because somebody would write either you know a silly story and send it around or whatever and people would be like i've seen that copy pasta before yeah. all you did was hit you know paste right and send it out not much effort there yeah uh and so when people started writing scary stories that would go viral in the same way copy paste became copy pasta became creepy pasta yeah so Time Magazine has covered creepypastas. Ah. It's such a significant yeah, it's thing that it's time. like, yeah, it's like hit, like con hit conventional mainstream journalism, the yeah. idea of creepypastas. Uh, and they, I thought this was interesting. They drew a pretty solid line from creepypastas, people sharing, sometimes they're, they're images, but with text, mm -hmm. just like pictures of a story. Um, they connected them back to chain mail. Oh, from the 90s. Okay. So the idea of like, and this is like a relatively, I think chain mail was a real thing in real life. I think about it with email. What do you mean it was a real thing in real life? The, the notion of like, you know, somebody sends you an email and they're like, forward this email to 10 people mm -hmm. and you'll have good luck, good luck for the next week. Yeah. Some silly thing. Don't break the chain. Yeah. It's chain mail. Send this out to more people. And you get this now on Facebook a lot. Like, mm -hmm. I bet. 10 people won't yeah. I bet 10 people won't share this I believe that people are strong <laughs> and brave I bet you won't share that whoa it's like why wouldn't 
It's okay. It's a positive message. Why are you getting so aggressive with me about sharing it? I know. But so people will share it. Mm-hmm. So Time Magazine's like creepy pastas are just chain mail. Yeah. It's just funny. It's just like, yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, totally. It's just a story that people share around and it's kind of interesting. Yeah. So um, here is uh, one of the f- most famous uh, urban legends. Uh, it's called uh, Ted the Caver. Okay. Wait, I think I made a mistake. <laughs> I think I made a mistake. Half I my, know this one. Half my notes are about Ted the Caver and half my notes are about Sonic the Hedgehog. What? <laughs> yeah, for real. Hold on a second. Why do you have stuff about Sonic the Hedgehog? Because it's also relevant. Is it scary Sonic the Hedgehog? You know, theoretically. <laughs> well, while you're piecing this together, I want to look at the chat for just a moment. Um, we record the show live every week on youtube.com slash pod, And there's a chat going that we talk to in the beginning and after the show. Um, but during it, it's people talking to each other mostly. I saw that Maggie said, now we take it a step further. Spooky spaghetti. And I have to tell you, Maggie... If this is true, we don't know if it's true yet, but there have been some spoilers for the next season of the Pretty Little Liars reboot that have said that um, the the girls do some research or do whatever on a website called Spooky Spaghetti. Oh and God. now if you go to SpookySpaghetti.com, it's reserved as a Warner Brothers website. So it seems to be true. Ah, yeah. They had to lock up the URL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Should be like, quite something. Like how Conan O'Brien had to force NBC to buy <laughs> HornyManatee.com. Do you remember that? Yes. Yes, I do. It was, it was when... Um, the whole thing with the Tonight Show was going down where they were taking away the Tonight Show from him and giving it back to Jay Leno. What? Is or it? No. Yeah. Is Wait, it during happened? that? I thought so. Uh, listen, we could do a whole side story about late night wars. You I know, know how there was that too thing? much. I love late night TV. Well, here's the strange thing. <laughs> I mean, who gives a crap? Uh, here's the strange thing. I actually don't like late night TV that much except for Conan. And yet I find this whole thing fascinating because so i also know a lot about I, it. I like that kind of stuff i like Man. you know the tonight show as a mm-hmm. as a legend right yeah. who, who gets to helmet who doesn't and the machinations behind the scenes for jay leno to it is fast he's like the emperor palpatine of late night i know you know how like <laughs> he's it's... gonna take over for from jimmy fallon someday I yeah bet. he probably will yeah um it's not really happening anymore but i'm like, back about... greater and more terrible than before than ever. um <laughs> I sounded like, um, I don't know, something from South Park. But anyway, um, then like a month ago, it was really going around online that like, oh, ask your husband or your dad how often they think of the Roman Empire. And like all of oh. these dudes would be like, oh, yeah, at least a couple times a week. And everybody was like, what? Why are these guys thinking about the Roman Empire all the time? And I asked Ryan and he was like, what? Never. <laughs> or yeah, whatever. never. Um, my Roman Empire is this. <laughs> I know. Yes, I'm. I'm fascinated. I think by about it. this whole thing a lot. It'll sometimes just jolt me and be like, "Oh my god, I need to reread the Late Night Wars. I need to rewatch that weird uh-huh. HBO movie uh-huh. based on the Late Night Wars with the guy wearing the J Leno prosthetics." You know who that was? Who? He's uh, that guy from Yeah, uh, I know who it is. Waiting yeah. for Guffman and Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's a he's like a Christopher Guest mainstay mm-hmm. performer. Yeah. Uh, okay. You got it? I figured out my notes. Great. I did figure out my notes. This section... Okay, let's talk about Ted the Caver. Okay. Real quick. This is one of the best known creepypastas. Like one of the... I guess like one of the icons of creepypastas. Mm-hmm. It's a story about somebody who goes 
digging into caves and stuff and ends up getting trapped and hearing stuff in there. Okay. All right. Uh, I wrote down, uh, it's just too goddamn long. A lot of them are real. Oh my long, God. Some which of them. Which doesn't mean that they're not good. Like they're good, but they are. Some of them are just so long. Yeah. It's presented as a series of essentially like journal entries. Yeah. And so some of the stuff in the journal entries are not relevant to the story. Some of them are. But it's like all, I mean, sometimes when it's like that, I haven't read this one, but like it's just adding to the realism of it so that it makes it even creepier and you can imagine it being real or whatever. But yeah. Yes. Very long. So we actually talked about one of the sources, uh, a potential inspiration for this caving horror story. It's the story of Floyd Collins. Okay. So if you want oh, to hear the, yes. remember that? There was a guy who yep. went caving and like got stuck and yeah. go check that out if you want. It's in episode 292 of our show and maybe we'll save Ted the Caver for a future if we dig into specific uh, uh, creepypastas. But I did at least want to acknowledge that Ted the Caver is one of the earliest examples of a creepypasta, an Sweet. internet only scary story presented as if it's true or really mm. happened. Yeah. Right. For people to share around to each I'm other. I'm surprised I've never heard of this one before. Had you heard of it before doing this research? Yes. And I know for a fact I've tried to read it before. Mm-hmm. There was a period of time where, um, when would this have been? I'm going to say 15 years ago, I'm in my early twenties and I was working a temp job at Johnson and Johnson. Mm-hmm. And I really had nothing to do. Nothing, yeah. nothing to do. Yeah. And I didn't get... Ideal. I didn't get time off or anything. So I think it was around Christmas. I had to go into the office and do nothing. Yeah. Literally just go in, like enter my time into a time card thing. My boss wasn't there to give me anything so to do. Crazy. So it was just like, I've got eight hours to sit here. I've worked Because nobody's here to tell me what to do. I've worked multiple jobs like that. Like, it's crazy. I'm glad everybody's like... Well, not everybody, but is employed and everything. But there are so many businesses that I have witnessed where I'm like, you could condense this yeah. to like half the people because yeah. like we don't have anything to do. No one here is doing anything. Yeah. But so I, I was more than happy to sit and read scary stories on the internet. Yeah. But so I was reading creepypasta after creepypasta after creepypasta mm-hmm. and then getting this really paranoid feeling of like, I'm in the, I'm like in a city of cubicles. Like, like in it, the back rooms. It was like I was in the... Oh, my God, Kristen. You're right. I was in the back rooms yeah. 20 years ago. Right. I, it was like I could the stand up. The back rooms are a popular... I think they started as a creepypasta, but yeah. it's mostly visual. It's a lot of pictures of like these 80s kind of style cubicles where like you just, when you just think of like a, a soulless office, yeah. just like empty cubicles, but kind of going through and it's like never ending. It's never ending. Yeah, it's and, an endless hall. Yeah, it's it's a whole scary thing. We covered it on the show once too. I stood up when I started getting paranoid in the cubicle. I stood up and looked around and it's just cubicles as far as the eye can see. Yeah. And there's no one else there. It's like there's no one else in the building except for maybe a security guard a football field away. Or something, yes. you know, it's such a weird feeling. I It used to be like that when I would work at Boho Berry on Saturdays, but I yeah. liked it because I didn't have to talk to anybody. Oh, I love it. I, yeah. I would I would do a job like that in a heartbeat now. Oh, yeah. I just work on our stuff. Totally. Get paid to, to sit there for them. I was making stickers aplenty, but it was nice. I was like the only one there. Totally. It was a little creepy, but I liked it. Absolutely. But uh, I, I read this creepypasta where it was like somebody was, you know, a, a traveler was tired and found a, a, a cabin to sleep in or whatever. But the only weird thing is that every time lightning would strike, he could see the portraits on the walls. And the portraits on the walls were all these faces just staring Ooh. down at him. Like the all the portraits, the eyes of all the portraits 
the focal point was the bed. Uh-huh. So it was like, who would decorate their house yeah, with all? This? And then he wakes up in the morning and there are no portraits and those are all windows. Ooh, that's good. See, like, just like that is a simple. Yeah, nice and. Ooh. That's what I liked. Yeah. I, and I used to, oh man, I forgot about this. I should have done it for this show. I literally talk about like, I don't know why I have this compulsion. I would just start saving them all. Mm-hmm. I have a document somewhere of all my favorite uh, uh, creepy pastas. Yeah. And all the worst ones too. I started a separate file for all the ones that I thought were so embarrassing. Yeah. I called them crappy pastas. It's perfect. I have that somewhere. I could just I bring out my favorite ones ever. Yeah. Oh my God. I should do that. Yeah. All right. But here in my notes, I am going to tell you about a particular story that I have simply called Super Famous Cool Story. Read this. Okay. Okay. Right? Great. It begins Is with it a Sonic? narrator. As many don't don't try to get ahead of me. Okay. All right. We already talked about Sonic, so I don't think it's a big reveal. No, I know. I, I blew it. <laughs> <laughs> but many of these stories start with like a narrator. Mm-hmm. Like I was doing this, and this happened. Yeah. So, begins with a narrator, Tom, who received a letter from his friend Kyle. Okay. All right. So the the note starts, Tom, I can't take it anymore. I had to get rid of this thing somehow before it was too late. And I was hoping you'd do it for me. I can't do it. He's after me. <laughs> and if you don't destroy this CD, he'll come after you too. He's too fast for me. <laughs> Please, Tom, destroy this godforsaken disc before he comes after you too. It's too late for me. Destroy the disc and you'll destroy him. But do it quick. Otherwise, he'll catch you. Don't even play the game. It's what he wants. That's right. We're talking about the creepypasta known as Sonic.exe. That's really funny. This is a fairly famous creepypasta. (laughs) I never heard that before. Because it's very silly. Yeah, of course. (laughs) So obviously Tom is stoked to play the game. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He disregards what his friend just said in the note. And he's so pumped to play it. Uh, All the more intriguing. (laughs) Yeah. It's a hand-labeled CDR. That has the original Sonic the Hedgehog on it, but all is not what it seems. <laughs> he says, uh, quote, I remember what the image looked like in that split second before the game cut to black. The sky had darkened. The title emblem was rusted and ruined. The Sega 1991 now instead said Sega 666. The water. That kind of rings a bell. <laughs> the water of the Sonic level. The yeah. water had turned red like blood. Except it looked hyper-realistic. Ooh. So he plays his tails, only to find that the Sonic world has been destroyed and a bunch of little animals are killed and bleeding. Uh, then an evil Sonic shows up and kills Tails. Back on the character select oh. screen now, Tails cannot be picked, but an image of his corpse is there. So Tom plays as Knuckles, then <laughs> Robotnik. Then the game starts to break the fourth wall. What kind of sick game is this? You can't play as Robotnik. I, that's what I'm saying. It's already totally yeah. inappropriate. This is completely unbelievable. No. Uh, the, the game starts saying things to him like, welcome to my world. And eventually, quote, I am God. Oh, my God. It was then. It was when I read that message while looking at Sonic that it hit me. I realized right there and then this Sonic was a monster, <laughs> a pure, evil, sadistic, all powerful, nightmarish, demented monster. And all of his victims, including Tails, Knuckles, Robotnik and possibly Kyle, <laughs> are just his little toys. 
And the game is the very gateway into his chaotic, nightmarish world. The very hell his victims are trapped in. So here's how the story ends. It's very long. Yeah. But here's how it ends. Yeah, I'm into it. He finally manages to shut off his computer. But could that be really, could that really be the end of the nightmare, Kristen? I mean, you would think so. Quote, after I sat there for 25 seconds, it's a weird number. Okay, yeah. I heard a voice right behind me, like a whisper. Try to keep this interesting for me, Tom. I turned around to see where the voice came from, and what I saw made me scream. (laughs) Sitting on my bed, staring right back at me, was a sonic plushie, (laughs) smiling with bloodstains under its eyes. Bloodstains under its eyes? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I mean, sure. Scary, really scary stuff. Yeah. I guess I would just think they'd either be bloodshot eyes or bloodstained teeth. Yeah, you're right. It's yeah. weird. Yeah, it's, I, it's like crying blood. Right. Okay. So, uh, like the Virgin Mary. But here's what I wrote. Saying, <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> Say, some of these some of these phrases where he says, I am God, welcome to my world. Yeah. And even the notion that this Sonic the Hedgehog is using the video game as a portal to get into my world. Uh-huh. It reminded me of something that I've seen before. What? Are you compromised? Let me take you back. That'd be awesome. (laughs) I am God. I am Sonic the Hedgehog. Now in this flesh suit. Well, the word God is contained in the word hedgehog. (gasps) You're right. Hedgehog. You can't spell hedgehog without God. (laughs) (laughs) My God, you just blew this wide open. I know. No, those things. Welcome to my world. I am God. And somebody, a demonic entity using a fictional character to get into our world. Does that remind you of anything? Honestly, this makes no sense. But my first thought, so I'm just going to say it was Pinhead. No, I know it doesn't make no. sense. Using a fictional thing to get into <clears throat> our world. Journey back with me to 1995. Okay. You're at the cinema getting some popcorn or maybe some bunch of crunch. <laughs> In your hand, the ticket reads Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I've never seen Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Oh my God. Yeah. Spoilers for Wes Craven's New <laughs> I Nightmare. I know about it though. You told me about it, yeah. It's a story that takes place where Wes Craven has to keep making Freddy movies to trap a real demon. Right. There's a demon named Tefkaf who is using the image of Freddy Krueger to escape into our world. Uh-huh. And Freddy Krueger is known for saying like, welcome to my nightmare, which is like, welcome to my world. Yeah. And he goes, this is God talking about his own visage, which is like, I am God. Yeah, it is. I think that the Sonic EXE story is actually about Tefkaf, who's now using, has leapt from Freddy Krueger, who's yeah. not as popular anymore, into Sonic the Hedgehog, the blue who's, blur. Who's more popular than ever, arguably, yes. with the movies. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I think Sonic.exe, <laughs> oh, yes. he's only grown in power. I think yeah. Sonic.exe is a tough calf story. It's a sequel to Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I think you're right. He's used to operating through digital means. Yes. Digital means fictional characters. Yeah. Fictional characters. That's right. Yeah. Incredible. Well, Will, I would like to save my second story. No, for another I time. Hear it. I know I go on at length. I it's want okay. To hear it. I wanted to hear all your stuff, but it's a bit of a longie about the crying. Boy. Is it really? I've had this kid sitting behind us this whole time. Or anything, but it's a bit of a longie. 
I say you go for what? it. I say throw caution to the wind. You know what, everybody? Everyone clap. We can bring her to life if we clap. <laughs> it's not like insane or anything, but I feel like we do go on. I want to know, you know about the crying boy. All right, I'll, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll tell you about it. Okay, here we I'll, go. I'll tell you. I, I cut something too. Mm-hmm. There's something I didn't tell you about. And not only that, I also researched the curse of the Bambino. So I thought it'd be funny to talk about uh, because you told me you didn't have time to get to it. So I tried to look at it. No, no, no. I didn't have, I did not have time. I was like, oh, the things I have are enough. Oh, you already researched the curse of the Bambino? No, no, I didn't. But like I made the decision because I did these two first and I was like, oh, this is plenty. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to the curse of the Bambino someday, but I was, I was going to try to squeeze it in here because it's a silly thing. So we, you know, we assigned each other like what we're going to do and the curse of the bambino was supposed to be one of mine as well as the kukui but me researching crybaby bridge and the crying boy paintings i was i texted will or whatever it was and i was like oh these are actually enough for the show so i'm going to hang on to those for next time yes. and will thought it's all right we can cut those with barely any consequence that's fine oh there you go all right that was a secret message to someone out there mom our mommy <laughs> okay so here is the deal with the crying boy Bear with me, everybody. Sit oh, tight. I'm excited. Okay. No, I mean, don't get that excited. No. Um, so, well, actually, my... Now I'm not. My intro was kind of good. In the 1980s, fires blazed across Great Britain homes, and the gossip mill was ablaze with talk of a curse after Yorkshire fireman Peter Hall told a national newspaper that the same painting had been found in multiple homes that had unexplained fires. Stranger still, the painting was untouched by the flame. What the hell? <laughs> Wait a minute. I just saw an image of you in a trench coat walking through a fog. Oh my god. Can we shoot our own unsolved mysteries? Yes. Of course we can. Will you say something like that and it is still punctured with what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Of course that, we can. we're gonna do that this year. Okay, great. All right. Great. All right. Enter the legend of the crying boy painting. I should say, though, first, William, what do you think you know about the crying boy painting? I think I know exactly I what the story too. is. Honestly, so, yeah. especially after doing this, I am sure you covered this on the show. No. I am sure. <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. I'm going into it more. Maybe other people will, you know. I still want to hear it. I want to hear yes, it. Yes, it's still, it's still good. And I think I got some stuff that I don't remember learning about. Okay. So whatever. I probably right. half-assed it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so the crying boy is a painting of a crying kid. However, it's actually either a boy or a girl. They're like a bunch of different crying boy oh, okay. quote unquote paintings. Like there's a variety of these that was mass produced in the 50s by an artist named Giovanni Bergolin. And this whole thing is interesting and weird. But the weirdest part to me by far is that multiple people like en masse bought pictures of children crying to display in their homes. Like what the hell kind of decoration is this? I would say arguably a child crying is like one of the worst things that we have as humans (laughs) to deal with. Yeah. uh None of us like it. It's sad. And so why would you display this in your, and these are like big paintings that people had hanging the whole size of a wall doing this. I, yeah. I'd say like an 18 by 24, I'm going to guess. And it's weird because like the child's face is relatively stoic, just with this tears. This child. 
tears rolling down their cheek. This oh, th- so there are multiple no, variations. There are multiple saying. variations. There are children who are crying and they're wearing like a shirt with a rip in it and stuff. So you're like, oh, this is a kid who's like fallen on hard times. What sickos? A kid fell on hard times. No, no, a kid was born no. into yes. unfortunate circumstances. <laughs> yes. right, desperate circumstances. Of course. I, yeah, what what sick monster? wants to have an image on their wall that they're constantly looking at of a crying child. Maybe you deserve the fire. No, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. Some of these people died. <laughs> Never mind. They didn't deserve the fires. Uh, I was about to agree with you, but now you make me sick. God. Now that I now that I didn't cut it. Now that I didn't agree with you, I can throw you under the bus. No, William, you can't. No, everybody, you're my witnesses because you were watching live. You know what happened. Well, you know when you're hosting a show, your co-host says something, and you, and you try to be you know uh, respectful and laugh just to keep the show in motion. But mm-hmm. uh, I do have to distance myself from many of the opinions held by my sister, uh, Kristen Anderson. <sighs> you coward. All right. So anyway, I think it's insane. I know that we look back at past decor trends like Hummel figurines or whatever. And you're like, oh, those are so weird. But it's not a crying child. There's no other way to interpret this. No, no. Is it maybe supposed to be an image of like strength or one of those like, here's what I think it might be. What? There but for the grace of God go I. One of those ideas. Why do you need that hanging in your home to like bully you into, I don't know, not letting this happen to you? Because people are of weak fiber. They're sick. Yeah, they're sick people. That's true. Um, okay, so be that as it may, I know that it feels like it's a very hacky joke of mine. Like, why would you have this anyway? No, but truly, it's a great question. Why would you have yeah. this? So, Wikipedia lists 14 separate incidents of home fires in 1985 where the crying boy painting was involved. That's incredible. (laughs) And I say involved rather than present because after the news of the crying boy curse became widespread, at least two people destroyed their painting, hoping to ward off a fire. So the crying boy actually wasn't even in the home when a fire occurred because it did, even though they destroyed their paintings. Yeah. They destroyed it, and then their family members died in fires anyway. Oh, my God. Um, sometimes in the home where the crying boy picture was formerly hung, or sometimes just in their own home. So, like, somebody would own a crying boy picture, and they'd be like, oh, my God, people's houses keep, like, lighting on fire, and this thing is untouched in the home. I'm getting rid of mine. That is and crazy. And their sister has a fire in their house or whatever. Like, what the hell? And as you're sorting with the aftermath, yeah. sorting through the aftermath, and you've got all this like charred material, you see a pristine crying boy painting. Yeah. That does. That is crazy. It is. And this happens repeatedly yeah. and in the same area because where it was mass produced is all in one area. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a worldwide painting. Yeah. So you're only going to find these in sort of a certain area. But that means that there are tons of fires with this, at least this exact series of paintings in it unscathed by the fire. That's a crazy Everything thing. is charred and burned except for crying boy paintings. Um, one person who merely helped destroy a crying boy painting came home to find his living room on fire. Oh my God. After destroying the painting, like with a friend or a family It's member. almost as if like just co- the mere act of coming into contact with yeah. it is courting fire to begin with. Yeah, you're like cursed. And so there was no, what with what I researched, Yeah. It didn't say anything about the actual owner of that particular picture having a fire in their house. Just the person who helped them went home and their home's on fire. Did the owner of the painting just get off scot-free? Now, this is where you get into, like, confirmation bias about stuff, right? Like, yeah, of course. Just being associated with the painting. Now it's, like, totally disconnected. Mm-hmm. Somebody has a fire. And it's because 
Well, my uncle has it. I will say, though, it is weird that you destroy a crying boy painting and you go home and your living room's on fire. Oh, I agree. (laughs) It's crazy. I'm just saying. I mean, it is just coincidental. I will explain in a couple of minutes. But I can absolutely see why people would be like, this thing's got something bad attached to it. It's got some bad vibes, man. A painting of a child who is emotionally distraught and crying. Right. It's not going to bring good vibes? No, of course it won't. I was just thinking... The paintings do involve the element, in a way, of water. The substance. Because of the tears. Yes. Opposite of water is fire. <gasps> what does it mean? These tears won't put out your fire. How dare you put this picture of me in your home? I'm going to light a fire, and it's actually the yeah. little kid equivalent of saying, like, I wouldn't piss on you if you were on fire. Yep. Little kids don't say that. No. Because they're too nice. I wouldn't cry on you. I wouldn't cry on you if your living room was on fire. And I'll say this. As Mm. the flames start to look around the painting, the tears on the boy's face Mm. act as something of a barrier, right? Yeah. The the very tears are, I think, disabling some of the flames that come near to it. The tears itself may be what protects the painting and the boy. They're inoculating the boy and the painting from flame. Yes. Interesting. This is all very interesting. So at one of the scenes of the fires, a fireman was quoted as saying, I've never believed in the jinx up until now, but when you actually come across a picture in a gutted room and it's literally the only thing that hasn't been touched, it is most odd. Yes. And I must agree with him. It is most odd. And notably, the brother of Peter Hall, who was the fireman who I quoted at the uh beginning of the thing, um, whose name is Ron Hall, thought this was bunko even though his brother was like yeah this is all weird and everything ron hall deliberately bought a crying boy painting to bring home to disprove the myth and his home burned down mysteriously not long Shut after up. so he put his boot through the painting <laughs> wait it's really like a paint it's like canvas on wood no i mean it's got to be a prince they have to be prints or something okay. but yeah that wow okay. oh actually no i know what it is it's it's um compressed like particle board or something not particle board it's like compressed i don't think i even wrote it down but i came across it it's some sort of like compressed super hard substance okay. that it's on which adds to the reason the very mundane reason that it doesn't burn it's yeah, yeah. it's not just like kindling but what are the odds that his house burned down so I'm saying, it's nuts so i was like what's going on in england in 1985 in the houses yeah, yeah. that's causing all of this um I, I i kind of found stuff i didn't find a ton of detail but it there was sort of an afterthought in an article, um, again, linked, that was like, you can attribute a lot of these to like lit cigarettes and something that I did not understand at all. It was like frying pans that are too deep. I, I don't know what that means. I don't it's know. It's got to be uh, like I don't an know oil that means fire. On the f- I don't know. That's all it can tell. possibly mean, right? Because they're guess. making sausages. I associate, mash. Exactly. I associate a lot of sausage work going on over there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And bean. And bean. Um. So, Mr. Yeah. Bean? Well, man, I saw a too. clip of Mr. Bean the other day. I don't know why anyone would subject themselves to that. Him and his teddy bear? He's like him getting on an airplane. He's like, oh, oh, oh. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I can't look at this guy. I can't look at him. I don't have the inten- the attention span for Ooh. no words. Yeah, can't like do that. It. Um, Although maybe I do, because I would have thought that I wouldn't have liked The Hunchback of... Or no, not The Hunchback. What's it called? Phantom, Phantom of the, of the Opera. Opera. Which was a silent film, and I did like it. However, So you're saying you're, you're open to watching Mr. <laughs> Bean and reporting back? 
I'd rather not. I'd love it if you would take it on the chin, watch some Mr. Bean, <laughs> come back to the table next week. We'll talk about it. I bet you I would find some stuff funny. I bet All you right. I would. I'm I wanna, not doing it. I'm not I doing wanna it. I want a laugh count. I'm and not, I need well, to know what it was this. so I can judge harshly. <laughs> the yield would be so low. I mean, I think there probably be It wouldn't something. be a good harvest. <laughs> no. No, it's barren this time of year. I think there'd be something that catches me in the funny bone, but I don't think I'd be like really loving this. A bean harvest. I also want to mention, because it's bean adjacent, the one time that I went to um, the sauna, like, uh, is it a Korean sauna that's by us? I think? Yeah, yeah, island spa and sauna. And um, a lot of these, well, I've been to a few of them, but I'm saying a lot of these places, this place and other ones I've been to have like a chill out area with a bunch of like couches and stuff and they'll have a movie playing or just something on a screen that you can check out. And um, I thought they were playing Mr. Bean. And I was like, this is so <laughs> weird. Why is this playing at Island Spawn Sauna? And I was wrong. It was Johnny English. But it's still weird. Oh, that's just weird. as weird. I thought you were going to say, like, you know, it was, I don't know, a documentary about the airport. Or no, like, it was still a Rowan Atkinson It was Atkinson a Rowan vehicle. Atkinson movie. That's very weird. That that's not what I want at the spa. They also play a lot of, um, of uh, uh, like, orchestral Zelda music. Yes, which yes. is so bizarrely perfect to me. Totally. I'm like, ah. That makes more sense to me, though. Saria's song. I'm relaxing now. <laughs> Zelda's lullaby. That makes more sense because it's like in the vein of classical music, yeah, which yeah. is relaxing. But uh -huh. Johnny English. Johnny English. No, no, no. I was shocked. Uh -uh. Shocked. Um, okay, so... There is, from, from bean to boy, Yeah, sorry. there is a little backstory to this that is absolutely BS, but was circulated at the time. So people said that one of the subjects of the paintings, these crying boy paintings, um, was a bit of a fire bug. And perhaps that has caused the curse that now creates fires wherever this thing is, is uh, hung. So the rumor about the painting's origin is that Bergolan, the artist, painted hundreds of quote-unquote street urchins in Italy or Spain, yielding the crying boy paintings. So like I said... It's a bunch of different kids. It's boys, girls, like any gender. Um, like I said, some wearing like ripped clothes and stuff. Like it's it's crazy. And anyway, the rumor is that one of them was a boy named Don Banilla, who accidentally started a fire that killed his parents. Oh my god! And it seemed wherever he went, fires followed. This earned him the nickname Diablo. Imagine this kid nicknamed Diablo. We're, uh, we, so we Who's have, that, Diablo over there? We have a little screen for reference. Um, and it, I would say, what do you think? Is a three-year-old kid, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Um, crying. This is Diablo. A sad-looking... I don't know if it, this is, but, you know, whatever. How's it hanging, Diablo? <laughs> That's a name like you give to like someone in their 20s. Yeah. In totally. a gang. Absolutely. You know what I mean? No, it's nuts. There um, goes Diablo. Yeah, it's a tiny child. Hey, mister. Yeah, just innocent. Um, it's said that the child was later killed in a car fire in the 70s. None oh of this is true. Oh, my God. So don't worry about it. Diablo. Diablo. This was later debunked by reporter David Clark of the 40 in Times. I remember we talked about oh, the 40 sure. in Times a little while yep. ago. Um, but adds to the mystique of the whole story. And another, to me, really interesting wrinkle of this whole thing is that the crying boy curse was originally reported by the Sun newspaper, which is a British tabloid that is yes. like very low. Yeah, it's like the the like oh, not the Weekly World News where it's not like quite. Bat it's Boy stories, but Weekly World News and National Enquirer, yeah. I would say. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so they're known to be super disreputable. And then they did follow-ups with other people who claimed to be affected by it, as well as the backstory I just told. So they were like dining out on this story sure. and trying to stretch it as far as they possibly could. And during the time this was happening, the sun was in heavy competition with the daily mail, which is another British rag. Yeah. That's just like not great. Like there's a, the daily mail and I'm sure the sun, but the daily mail is online now and it is such crap. Um, so I can imagine it was like that too. Yeah. So they have may, they may have added more and more salacious details to grab readers, hopefully sure. away from the Daily Mail for insurance. The whole, I mean, excuse me, for instance, the whole Diablo story. And also. That's awesome. I want that job. Uh, I want to make up <laughs> garbage nonsense. You probably could. I'm sure you could. Um, <laughs> so they, they Diablo. also. They also added to it by saying that Diablo was mistreated by some way, in some way, by the painter. And so Diablo, again, if not the child that we were actually talking about on screen, but one of these children who are all young, I would say they all look like they are, let's say, five max and under. This child put a curse on the painting as his final revenge to the painter. Come on, man. But none of that is true, I know, obviously. I know. So what is the deal here? Yeah, like, what's what, going what on? What is going on? Because um, it's true that these things were found in burned buildings. That is it's fact. not up for debate. Mm -hmm. Buildings would burn down, and the only thing that remained untouched were pictures of the crying boy or the crying children. Yes. Yeah. Ridiculous. So the Stephen Punt-hosted BBC radio show, Punt P.I., wow. um, which investigated like mysterious happenings in the country. I saw just some pictures of it. It looks like it was from like, well, obviously this happened in 85, so it happened in like the 80s or whatever. Um, they did some testing and they found that the paintings were treated with flame-resistant varnish. Hmm. So the whole front of the painting is not going to burn. It's it's covered in in flame retardant, but that the string that came just standard across the back of the paintings was flammable. So they did some experience and experiments and they found that the string would burn first, obviously making the picture fall from the wall. Yeah. And very often it would fall face down. So it's protecting it even further from the flames. So it drops perfectly down onto its bottom mm -hmm. and then just tips down. So it's face to floor. Right. Right. And even I think Makes even sense. if it were upright, yeah. because it's coated in something that's anti-fire, it still wouldn't burn. Um, and like I said, I, I didn't write it down for whatever reason, but it's also made of some sort of compressed material yeah, yeah, yeah. that's really hard and like coated. So Was it MDF? <laughs> What's that? I don't know. Matthew put it in the chat and I, I, oh. <laughs> I was trying to stunt on you and pretend I just knew it. Oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm Deegan. sure it is. MDF panel. Yeah. It, for anybody who knows what that is, I think Matthew's right. Um, and then, yeah, I said, okay, like that's all well and good. Why the hell are all these fires happening anyway? Like I already told you, it was attributed to cigarettes, yeah. frying pan accidents. It's the eighties. Like maybe yeah. there's some faulty wiring classic, going on. Classic reasons, cigarettes and sausages. <laughs> Siggies and sausages. Sig <laughs> Siggies and um, saucies. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to go home, have a ciggy and a saucy. Let's call it a night. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, it's two in the afternoon. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> um, so it sounds like it's done, but Will, the sun isn't done with us just yet. 
They said they wanted to put a stop to this curse once and for all. Oh, okay. So during the big initial boom of this story and the popularity, the son requested that readers send them crying boy paintings to be destroyed oh. so that they could end this curse. And so today, reproductions of the paintings are popular curiosities, but there aren't really originals around um, for whatever reason. You know, this is also... Because a- the son destroyed who knows if everyone sent them into the sun but the soul of the crying boy (laughs) was only trapped in the original exactly but you can find reproductions today and they are very popular with fans of the macabre would you dare to hang one in your home leave your comment below smash that like button that's right join us join us next time (laughs) on guide to the unknown i will say having this uh, displayed on a TV in here. Yeah, are you unsettled? Some risk, or because we're broadcasting the image on YouTube, does that bring some? That's right. We're this not might liable. Be a cursed image. We did not place protective sigils around the border of this image when we broadcast it out there. So, is that something we talked about on this show, danger. or is that somewhere else? It's somewhere else, but I, I think I, we have referenced it on this. I show. I found a weird website. Yeah. Got to be almost a decade ago yeah. now. Uh, where somebody was like, I can't show you these images without a protective border around the JPEG yeah. <laughs> that protects you from looking at this JPEG. I Look, like, I appreciate the effort. Bizarre. <laughs> um, all right, everybody. Well, there you go. Yeah. Some urban legends. Yes. All for you. Thank you, Kristen. Very fun. Thank you, William. Uh, for great. enduring. I was thrilled to hear the story it of really the crying child. Yeah. This artist series of, uh, <laughs> I guess, paying uh, kids who live on the street to paint their what picture the and- You'd think that nobody would actually want that, but it was tremendously successful, except for their houses burning. I don't get it at all. And um, there's an episode of the Haunted Objects podcast from um, Greg and Dan Newkirk and uh, Kyle Pfeiffer and Connor Randall that I have to confess I have not listened to. But I know that they did an episode where they talked about the crying boy. And then I believe a listener (laughs) painted Greg as like a crying boy. Oh, that's great. And sent it to him. So that's like out there. That's great. I was going to make the cover of this, us as crying children. Oh. Now it seems incredibly derivative. Yeah, it might be. Um, I, uh, for anybody who's still interested in like creepy pastas and stuff, I do want to say... From here, you might want to go check out episode 92 of our show, mm. where we covered Jeff the Killer. Oh, God. Episode 281 is where we covered Ben Drowned, which is a Legend of Zelda yeah. creepypasta, not unlike Sonic.exe. Yes. But I remember us being very positive about it. Yeah. I, I think of that. I think, oh, that was cool. So go check those out. And I think I read an early creepypasta, I mean, early on our show, in an episode that has the red grandfather in the title. Mm, yep. I literally read the... It was the only time we ever did that, where I just read the creepypasta. I did it once. You Remember? did it once? It, it was an episode about tunnels. Yeah. And I just like, read a creepypasta, and then I cried afterward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Off camera. Why? Because it was just me talking at you the whole time, and I was like, I gotta tell you, I had a really bad day, <laughs> I oh. lost it. Oh, I do remember that, yeah. 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 Oh, weird. What can you do? Oh, go check that out. Yeah. <laughs> see if you can catch me choking back tears or yeah, something. Yeah, let's see if you can do it. Because I was like, it wasn't really good for conversation, but I just didn't know what to do. Like, we're doing a podcast, it's yeah. okay. <laughs> um, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We hope that you had a good time. Follow at GTTUPod on all social media. Uh, hit up scaryfun.fun mm-hmm. uh, for more links to stuff. 
patreon.com slash gttu pod if you'd like to support us yeah. and get access to the netherworld dispatch which is always a joy oh yeah and you can also follow us online yep i'm at chillin Kristen. i'm at the myth traveler so we'll see you next week everybody for some more bizarre strange stories and a good old weird time yeah but until that time comes we must travel back to the netherworld go we Is this going back to the netherworld? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh. Yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> Sitting here. <laughs> now what? Like a bump on a log. <laughs>